This podcast is brought to you by VinZero. VinZero pioneers solutions and services to the AEC and manufacturing industries to support net zero targets. Visit VinZero.com to learn more about how organisations design, build and solve through digitalisation. From VinZero to you, welcome to our Think Future podcast series. Each week we'll share conversations with industry leaders from around the world to find out how they're thinking future. Subscribe to VinZero Think Future for access to more episodes, interviews and profiles. Matt De Jong is the Sustainability Manager for Responsible Wood and holds a Bachelor of Science, Forestry and a Graduate Certificate in Business Management and is also a Director for Forestry Australia. As a forester with over 20 years experience in both operational and policy roles, Matt has managed both native and plantation forests and has worked for both the Australian Government and the Australian Forest Products Association in policy development. As the Sustainability Manager for Responsible Wood, Matt is passionate about promoting and communicating sustainable forest management and advocating for the environmental, social and economic benefits associated with forestry across Australia and New Zealand. Welcome to the program, Matt. Oh, thank you, Anthea. Thank you for having me along. Matt, let's start with your journey to joining up with Responsible Wood. Yeah, thank you, Anthea. So I'm a, I'm a forester by background, so I studied forestry at the ANU in Canberra. And then I worked as an operational forester for about 11 years, both managing plantation and native forestry for Forestry Corporation of New South Wales. And then I spent about six years working in forestry policy, both for the Australian Government and also the Australian Forest Products Association, which is the peak forestry body in Australia. I also spent a bit of time working for the New South Wales Catchment Management Authority, which is now known as Local Land Services in New South Wales, as a local area manager managing catchment management issues, so working with uh, local landholders and land care groups and also a variety of stakeholders. I also did a, uh, a six-month secondment with the New South Wales Natural Resources Commission, uh, working on their statewide forest monitoring and improvement program. And part of my role with Responsible Wood, with my forestry background, is to provide information about forest certification, including that Australia's sustainably managed forests are harvested and reforested to provide forest products with multiple benefits and a range of society's needs. So it certainly sounds like you have a strong fit for the role there. Responsible Wood has a vision to ensure Australian forests and the products sourced from them are amongst the most sustainable in the world. How is it approaching that vision? Yeah, Anthony, so just by way of background, Responsible Wood is a not-for-profit accredited standards development organisation, which was formerly known as the Australian Forestry Standard. And Responsible Wood is licensed by Standards Australia to develop standards. And the Responsible Wood Certification Scheme demonstrates that products produced under those standards are sourced from sustainably managed forests and is based on science and best practice management. So Responsible Wood is endorsed by and mutually recognised by the Program for the Endorsement of Forest Certification, otherwise known as PFC, which is the world's largest forest certification scheme. Responsible Wood is a national governing body for PFC in Australia and New Zealand. And with the PFC bottom-up approach, the national governing body standards are tailor-made. Therefore, the standards for Australia and New Zealand are suited to Australian and New Zealand operating conditions. Now, to achieve endorsement, the Responsible Wood Certification Scheme is also subject to rigorous assessment by PFC, just to confirm that it was developed in line with international best practice and meets global expectations and the PFC International Benchmark Sustainability Standards. Under the Responsible Wood Certification Scheme, organisations are assessed by independent certification bodies who are accredited by the Joint Accreditation System of Australia and New Zealand, otherwise known as JAZANS. And this is for ongoing compliance against the two standards, which I'll discuss in a minute. So JAZANS is a member of the International Accreditation Forum, 
and the Association of Accredited Certification Bodies and was established by an international treaty between Australia and New Zealand with the purpose of enhancing national trans-Tasman and international trade via accreditation to international standards. And the response of wood certification scheme through the new revised Joint Australia-New Zealand Sustainable Forest Management Standard covers about 20 million hectares of forest in, in both Australia and New Zealand. So in Australia, this represents over 93% of Australia's commercial production forest, making Responsible Wood Australasia's largest and most diverse forest certification scheme. Responsible Wood also has over 350 chain of custody sites operating under the chain of custody standard. So my role as sustainability manager is to help the scheme grow, also to support our certificate holders and members and promote forest certification and also the associated sustainable forest management including the promotion of using wood as an eco-friendly alternative to other products, such as steel, concrete and plastics. So wood really is the ultimate renewable product. It comes from a tree which absorbs carbon and the trees in the forest regenerate and regrow. Why is the PFC certification so fundamental? So Responsible Wood are dedicated to promoting sustainable forest management through independent third-party certification. So forest certification is a voluntary market-based instrument, which is implemented through two separate but linked processes, sustainable forest management certification and chain of custody certification. Sustainable forest management certification assures that forests are managed in line with challenging environmental, social and economic requirements. And importantly, this standard ensures the forest remains a forest. Therefore, forest and wood products removed from the forest do not lead to deforestation. Rather, trees are replanted, regrow and regenerate. And chain of custody certification tracks forest-based products from sustainable sources to the final product. It demonstrates that each step of the supply chain is closely monitored through independent auditing to ensure that unsustainable sources are excluded. And the Australian Standard for Sustainable Forest Management was also developed through a rigorous three-year process involving community, industry, scientific, academic, environmental, Indigenous, employee and government representatives and it was specifically designed to suit Australian unique environments, legal systems and community expectations. So both standards are are based on internationally recognised frameworks, such as the ISO 14000 Environmental Management Standards and the criteria of the Montreal Process for Sustainable Forest Management. And the standards were also developed using the formal Australian Standards Process, and the standards are also underpinned by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals which includes ensuring workers are treated fairly and that forests are a major driver for sustainable economic growth. So just to emphasise, at Responsible Wood, we care for forests globally and locally. So we work to protect our forests by promoting sustainable forest management through certification. And Responsible Wood certification helps to ensure our forests will be around for generations to come, enabling them to continue providing their vital services to us and the planet. And of note, chain of custody links the origin of the wood to the final product. So it provides documented evidence that timber or forest-based products are sourced from sustainably managed forests and can be used to demonstrate the required mandatory compliance with Australian Illegal Prohibition Acts and regulations. And the Responsible Wood Certification Mark is also an ACCC registered certification trademark. It's important to make this point as it demonstrates to consumers that Responsible Wood products have also met a particular standard. And so does the certification play any role at all in carbon mitigation? It certainly does, Anthea. So wood really is the ultimate renewable product. Again, wood is sourced from a tree and trees sequester carbon and absorb carbon from the atmosphere. And carbon is stored in the forest and wood product for the life of that product as embodied carbon. In fact, about half the dry weight of wood is embodied carbon. For example, if you have a 100 kilogram wooden table at home, you can be very satisfied eating your meals off that table, knowing that about 50 kilos of that table is actually embodied carbon. 
And the sustainable management of our native forests is actually the best way to store carbon. So according to the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, and I'll quote them, a sustainable forest management strategy aimed at maintaining or increasing forest carbon stocks while producing an annual sustainable yield of timber, fibre energy from the forest will generate the largest sustained mitigation benefits. So this high-level support represents part of a collective institutional view of the positive role that sustainably managed forests play in mitigating climate change, which is based on current science-based research. And also, research conducted in Australia has also shown that forest managed for timber and fibre provide the greatest ongoing greenhouse gas benefits, including that young, vigorous growing trees in a regrowth forest can sequester greater amounts of carbon than older trees, also with long-term carbon storage in products and product substitution benefits critical to this outcome. So through certification, the managers of certified forests are also required to maintain or enhance the forest contribution to carbon cycles and to identify significant biodiversity values and then to implement practices to support the maintenance or enhancement of these values. So in dealing with climate change, Australia will need to make greater use of wood products. It's quite simple. Wood is really the future. And what about responsible wood or the role of wood for circularity? Yeah, so that's something that we're increasingly hearing and using the term circular bioeconomy, for example, when referring to low waste systems. But what does it really mean? So, so circular bioeconomies minimise waste by prioritising reuse and emphasising services over production to create value. And the sustainability stories of the future will be about circular economies and responsible wood is part of that circularity. For instance, as wood is a recyclable material, so too are other forest-derived products such as paper and cardboard packaging, which is well positioned to be part of circular bioeconomies. So whether it's recycled materials or sustainably harvested timber, sourcing from responsible wood or obtaining responsible wood certification is an ideal way to get in the circular economy. The framework for certification is also rated by the Australian Green Building Council. What does that mean to your certified products? That's correct, Anthea. So Responsible Wood has recently been recognised as part of the Green Building Council of Australia new Responsible Products Framework. And the new framework, which provides guidance for all building materials using Green Star projects, and this will apply to all new Green Star rating tools published by the Green Building Council of Australia. The Responsible Wood Certification Scheme was assessed as best practice and good practice across four credit categories, which were Responsible Structure, responsible envelope, responsible finishes and responsible systems. And under the framework, the Responsible Wood Certification Scheme is scored along with other Green Star recognised initiatives. And the frameworks recognised initiatives are used by products and manufacturers and contribute towards Green Star certification. The Responsible Products Framework provides a new definition for responsible products. It recognised schemes like Responsible Wood, which have a positive environmental impact, are transparent, respect human rights and takes action to reduce carbon content. And in addition to their relationship with the Australian Green Building Council, Responsible would also have some key partnerships with other environmental groups. Responsible Wood does have key partnerships and collaborations with environmental groups, such as Planet Arc. So Planet Arc is one of Australia's most respected and trusted environmental organisations. And they are focused on solutions and making positive environmental actions accessible for everyone. For instance, through the Planet Arc Make It Wood program, We work with Planet Arc to encourage the increased use of responsibly sourced wood as a building material and a main choice for furniture, toys and other household items. The Make It Wood campaign aligns well with Responsible Wood as it promotes responsibly sourced certified wood as the only building material that helps tackle climate change. It's renewable, it stores carbon and it consumes minimal energy in its production. 
Responsible Wood also works closely with Forest and Wood Products Australia, which is a not-for-profit industry services company, which is sometimes referred to as a RDC or, or a Rural Research and Development Corporation. FWPA are funded by the federal government um, through member levies and also research grants. And FWPA collaborates with government and industry stakeholders to determine strategy, invest in effective and relevant R&D and deliver programs designed to grow the market for forest and wood products. And they also increase productivity and profitability across the value chain and ensure positive environmental and social outcomes. So Matt, how would you describe Australia's plantations and native forests? Yeah, just to give a bit of background, Australia is the seventh most forested country in the world with about 134 million hectares of forest. This is comprised of about 132 million hectares of native or natural forest and about 1.8 million hectares of plantations. So just to explain the difference between them, a native or natural forest is a forest that is naturally occurring, whereas a plantation is a forest that was planted by people. The majority of native or natural forests in Australia are eucalypt forests, so comprised of eucalypt trees with common names such as spotted gum, ironbark, blackbutt and ash. Plantations can be broken up into softwood and hardwood. So the term softwood is used to describe pine plantations and the term hardwood is used to describe eucalypt plantations. The term softwood and hardwood refers to the density of the wood. So wood from a softwood or pine plantation is not as dense as wood from a hardwood plantations. As I mentioned, there are about 1.8 million hectares of plantations in Australia, and it's split evenly between softwood and hardwood. Of note, the New Zealand productive forest estate is primarily plantation, and is comprised of about 1.8 million hectares, and this is predominantly radiata pine. So it's the same plantation estate area as we have in Australia, but predominantly radiata pine. Now, the products derived from native forests and plantations are quite different. Native forests produce a majority of high-quality wood used for applications such as flooring, decking, furniture, engineered wood products, such as structural beams and supports. In fact, about 80% of the high-quality wood produced in Australia is sourced from our native forests, whereas hardwood plantations are primarily grown for about 10 to 12 years and are primarily used for pulp and paper, whereas softwood plantations are grown for about 30 to 40 years and are primarily used for housing frames, engineered wood products, cardboard, packaging and paper. And again, just to emphasise, after the trees have been harvested from a certified sustainably managed forest, the forest regenerates and regrows, either naturally or through planting, depending if the forest is a native or a plantation forest. Are you looking for a digitalisation and net zero partner to help you achieve your goals? Join the thousands of AEC and manufacturing customers globally who have turned to VinZero to start their journey toward a net zero future. With 32 offices around the world, VinZero can connect you to the right technologies and workflow processes, so you can maintain your competitive position and increase profitability. VinZero has an industry expert to help you navigate the best pathway forward, wherever you are on your digitalization and net zero journey. Visit VinZero.com to find out more. So you just mentioned eucalypts there. Can we just have a conversation about Australia's favourite animal? How do koalas respond to this forest harvesting? So there's some really good research being undertaken at the moment by the New South Wales government. So the New South Wales government, through the Natural Resources Commission, has recently conducted research on the impacts of forest harvesting on koalas. And key findings were that koala density was higher than anticipated in surveyed forests. And koala density was mostly similar between a state forest and also a national park. And the emerging evidence to date also suggests that intensive harvesting, which has been occurring in the past five to ten years, is unlikely to have impacted koala density. 
Also, the koalas have a preference for a variety of different age classes of trees. For instance, koalas like to browse on young regenerating trees post a harvesting operation. And these are found in a regrowth forest after forest harvesting. And they also like to browse on older mature trees as well. So koalas are actually doing really well in a forest harvesting setting. So this evidence backs up what I've known as a forester for many years, that, for, that koalas and other species are doing really well in a forested environment. And koalas have actually adapted to and actually like that human disturbance and actually like a bit of disturbance in the forest because they, they need a variety of different trees and age classes for habitat and also to browse for food. So it's great to get clarity on that. Let's also just take the opportunity to demystify deforestation versus regeneration because there is a big difference between the two. That's correct, Anthea. So deforestation is where a forest is cleared for such purposes as urban expansion or agriculture. So sustainable forest management under the Responsible Wood Certification Scheme is not deforestation. In fact, forest certification was established as a means of addressing and halting deforestation. Sustainable forest management allows for the forest to regrow and regenerate. So applying scientifically based sustainable forest management provides healthy forests and in many cases improves forest health through the application of best practice management. The contributions to society delivered by sustainable forest management include significant investments in bushfire mitigation, conservation and recreational benefits, and the sustainable economic contribution to rural communities for the sale and processing of sustainably sourced forest products. So Australia's native forests have adapted to active and adaptive management through 60,000 plus years of management by our traditional owners. It's well documented that traditional owners use fire as a friend, not a foe. So they use fire to burn sections of the forest and by doing so intentionally in cleared sections of the forest. And this would allow grasses to grow and would also encourage large animals such as kangaroos to graze in those, in those grasslands. This was one of the earliest forms of agriculture known as fire stick farming. Therefore, Australia's native forests have adapted to human disturbance over 60,000 plus years and require some type of human disturbance as part of their ecology to regenerate and regrow. So today there are 25 million people in Australia, so we can't just throw a match in the forest and let it burn, so people live everywhere now. However, native forest harvesting replicates this process as trees are removed by opening up the forest and a burn is introduced which creates a mineral ash seed bed and the smoke from that burn actually induces seed fall from the retained trees. And this process also reduces the forest fuel load, therefore reducing the intensity of bushfires and mitigating climate change. Bushfires such as the 2019-20 bushfires contributed significant amounts of greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. So according to the Australian Government and also the CSIRO, these bushfires generated about 900 million tonnes of greenhouse gases. So an important point to make is that Australia's sustainably managed native forests and plantations are harvested and reforested to provide products with multiple benefits to meet a range of society's needs. So again, harvesting native forests and plantations for wooden non-wood products is carried out in accordance with legislation and regulations and implementation of strategic and operational management plans and also an adherence to forest certification standards and complying with codes of practice. So these plans provide protection for the environment, such as soil, water, biodiversity and landscape values. So there's clearly a lot of value in the forests themselves being certified. But if you're part of the supply chain for timber or wood product lines, why would you want to be certified? So consumers, businesses and governments are becoming more concerned with their environmental footprint. And this means the markets for certified forest-based materials from paper to timber are growing. So by achieving certification, you can sell your timber as responsible wood certified meeting the numerous public and private procurement policies around the world, demanding proof of sustainability. Whether you're a forest manager or a grower, primary processes are involved in the supply chain. 
Response Award certification gives you independent recognition of your responsible management practices now, providing you with many benefits. For instance, Response Award is a campaign associate of Australian Made campaign, and Response Award has also recently launched a sustainably grown Australian Made campaign, which is which is aimed at helping forest management and chain of custody certified holders communicate to their customers about how and where their goods were grown and made. Many Australian businesses feel it is important to communicate to their customers where their products come from and where they were made. And Australia is known internationally for the quality of our wood fibre and timber, and Response Award sees the value in helping promote this message. So consumers can have confidence that when they read Sustainably Grown Australian Made, they are protecting Australia's forests for the next generation and also supporting domestic timber industry supply claims. So certification really provides for a competitive advantage over other uncertified products, verifying that the products have been sourced from a sustainably managed forest. It also demonstrates that the products are legally, responsibly and ethically sourced from the forest along the entire supply chain. And this assists with market access, including for both domestic and international trade. And let's talk about the use of wood or mass timber for the built environment. How does the use of wood or mass timber hold up there? Embodied carbon emissions in the construction sector account for over 23% of total greenhouse gas emissions in Australia, over and above operational processes like energy and transport. And it is increasingly important to consider the embodied carbon emissions in building materials used in this sector. Responsibly sourced wood is the only renewable building material available. It is naturally grown and removes CO2 from the atmosphere. Wood products then store the carbon that the growing trees have removed from the air. And as I said earlier, about 50% of the dry weight of wood is carbon. The production and processing of wood uses much less energy, called embodied energy, than most other building materials, giving wood products a significantly lower carbon footprint. Wood can be used to substitute for materials that require larger amounts of fossil fuels to be produced. And there are many benefits of using responsibly sourced wood. And so what about the structural element of using mass timber? Yeah, so wood fibre is a renewable biological resource that is manufactured into a range of essential products, including many innovative engineered wood products, which should be recognised as preferred building materials in a low emissions future that can also provide many social, environmental and economic benefits. Wood is much lighter by volume than concrete and steel. It is easy to work with and very adaptable on site. It is also durable, results in less thermal bridging than its counterparts, and easily incorporates prefabricated elements. Its structural performance is very high and its strength properties, particularly engineered wood products, is similar to that of steel and concrete. Engineered timber is stronger and more stable than regular wood and can provide superior earthquake resilience if you're building on shaky ground, for example. And even in severe fire events, the, the capacity of timber to burn in a slow, measurable and predictable way provides assurance in a volatile, frightening and also a deadly environment. So while timber is indeed a combustible material, in construction it has significant insulating properties and burns in a slow, predictable and measurable way, as I just said before. And these factors see timber perform strongly against fire and give designers the ability to to confidently create strong, durable, fire-resistant timber constructions. When exposed to the heat of a fire, timber goes through a process of thermal breakdown into combustible gases. During this process, a layer of charcoal forms on the burning surface of the timber And it's this charred layer that is the key contributing factor in timber's fire resistance. The layer acts as an insulator protecting the inner core of the timber, making it resist heat penetration and thus burn more slowly, while the temperature of the inner uncharred core remains low, enabling it to continue to carry its load. Initially, the rate of charring is fast, but as the charred depth increases, it provides a stronger protective layer to the timber, 
showing the overall combustion rate. So this self-protecting nature of the charring layer increases the likelihood of a timber structure surviving fire as a charred inner core remains unaffected, maintaining its strength and, and with its structure's um, stability. And beyond structural resilience, there's also a lot of evidence now about the use of timber in terms of creating healthy buildings, isn't there? That's correct, Anthea. So there's there's many health benefits to, to working in an environment surrounded by wood. For instance, the presence of, of wood in an office has been found to have psychological and physiological benefits that are similar to spending time in nature. The natural warmth and comfort of wood can contribute to a decrease in anxiety, which can increase productivity at work. And we now know that workers are less stressed and more productive. Students learn better, patients heal faster, and people are generally happier and calmer in places that contain natural elements like wood. And importantly, developers are now using timber from an environmental, social and governments or ESG perspective to demonstrate sustainable design practices. So clearly lots of benefits for the built environment in using timber or timber products. What about for the average consumer? Yeah, so I'd really encourage consumers to purchase forest products certified by Responsible Wood as this provides assurance that the product that they are purchasing not only comes from a sustainably managed forest, but by being Australian grown and made, the products has come from a forest that is managed to world-class standards. For instance, there's popular species on the market at the moment, such as Merbao Maranti, which come from overseas. And some of these products may not come from sustainably managed forests, such as the species in Australia, such as spotted gum, uh, flutter gum, ironbark, and some of the species I mentioned earlier, which come from world-class managed forests. Wood is also eco-friendly. So wood is far less harmful than most other decor materials or elements. So the processing of wood releases much fewer carbon emissions, which can otherwise be harmful to your health. And besides that, Wood has incredible insulating capabilities. Therefore, incorporating wood in your home interiors will ensure rapid cooling and heating of the space. It also absorbs noise, making your interiors conductive, and also atmospheric carbon, making the space much healthier for you as well. And wood is one of the most durable materials out there, making it a favourite amongst home designers. It saves on time, effort and money in the long run, which would have otherwise been involved in frequent renovation, repair or replacement of the interior. And also, if properly maintained and taken care of, wood can last for many years. It's easier than ever to maintain wood now with the latest wood preservation methods. And also, these days, affordability is a big topic. So when you compare the benefits of of using wood in your home interiors as opposed to its price, you'll be pretty amazed because wood is one of the cheapest materials available out there to be used in interior design. While there are other cheap materials available, nothing brings out the best aesthetics of space better than natural wood. Whether you're on a tight budget or you can extend your purse strings as you may wish, the wood interior design brings out the most beautiful side of a space. So Matt, with so much focus on sustainability happening for the built environment, when you think future about the forest industry and the role of wood as a sustainable material, what is it that excites you the most? From my perspective, the future is all about wood. Others have been quoted as saying the 21st century should be seen as a century of wood. Australia has an exceptional opportunity to sustainably manage its forests for the greater good of the environment, Uh, our unique habitat, the built environment, essential everyday domestic products, also the local economy and the global fight against climate change whilst also mitigating bushfire risks. So timber and other forest products are globally recognised as a sustainable alternative to products such as plastics, concrete and steel. And responsible wood is the trust mark to ensure certified forests are regenerating as healthy, if not healthier, forests because of science-based, generationally proven sustainable forest management practices. And forests require sustainable management and responsible wood certification 
is Australia's recognised response to protecting our most precious forest resources while actively contributing to the needs of our society. So what I'm most excited about is the potential for wood to be such a focus into the future. Matt, we definitely look forward to hearing about the continued success of the Responsible Wood Journey and we thank you for being part of the program today. No, thank you, Anthony. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. This podcast was brought to you by VinZero. VinZero helped the AEC and manufacturing industries keep pace with digital change and achieve their technological and sustainability leadership goals. VinZero is a company that cares about creating and building a better world. Together, we are working with industry and environmental experts, providing forums and platforms through our VinZero Think community to create conversations that matter to our future generations. We invite you to join in the conversation and participate in our Think community. Like and subscribe to Think Future to stay up to date with the latest innovations and conversations as we take AEC and manufacturing around the world closer to zero. You can download our podcasts at vinzero.com or from your favourite podcast platform. From Vinzero Think Future, thanks for listening.